Adios Nachos Amigos and welcome to another fine episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I'm Petey Rave, your man window playing. Here with me is my tag team partner, my co-compatriot, my friend, David Jeffrey Majors, aka DJM. How you doing, DJM? Yo! Guten Blog, everybody. It's Fanny Pack time once again, and this week we're talking shine, where we're talking women's wrestling. Tell us all about it, Petey Rave. Uh, we're talking about a promotion out of the state of Florida, Shine. Uh, I do, it, it's, uh, interesting, similarly to, uh, giving Drew a women's wrestling episode recently without Addy Star. I did give you, uh, DJM a re- female wrestling promotion without, uh, your favorite girl from Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, Glasgow, Nikki Scotland. Uh, However, Nikki Storm, also, but- I will say this show does have Santana Garrett and that's what does I was have Ava Bates. I was gonna say I, I did make up for it with having a show with Santana Guerra and Leva Bates. So hopefully, hopefully that leans. And, and toward- hey, Petey, who knows? We may not have too many indie shows with Leva Bates for much longer. Who knows? Hashtag blue pants. Hashtag um, blue pants. Uh, we're talking about Shine Wrestling. They, they always they they do continuous, uh, very frequent eye pay per views. Every event that they do is, is a numbered eye pay per view. Uh, they do it out of the Orpheum in, I believe, Ebor City, Florida. How far is that from you, PD? Like, would you be able to check the show out? If I got a license and a car and had money to pay for gas. Oh. Theoretically, yes. Oh. <laughs> My bad. Yes. I don't know. My- what you need is a friend with a car and money for gas. My, my bad. Yes. Wrestling. My bad. I'm, I'm me. It's me and Kaz. You, you, you co-host two podcasts with, uh, with man children. You don't, don't forget that. Right. I, you're right. I, I, I do. Yeah. You do. Uh, of course we have some fine guests with us, don't we, Deej? We do. Uh, back on the show once again, uh, four time Fanny Pat guesting champion. The legend that is Patty McSwag, aka the Swagger. Thanks for coming back on. Howdy, do, guys. I feel like the uh, the the sometimes third member of Demolition when I'm here. Like you guys are holding down the fort, and once in a while you need to be in a trio match, and you call me in, and and I'm the third. Yes, yes, uh, yes, we do. Uh, and of course, joining us as well, another returning champ. We have uh, no the Stormy Sooner herself. Natalie Sargent. How you doing, Natalie? I'm doing good. I'm trying to, uh, hopefully my Dallas Cowboys will not make a mess out of things as they want to do. Natalie, but- I told you. It, these are, these are, I hate to have to say this, my Detroit Lions we're talking about here. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. All right. Yes. All yes. right. Uh, and of course, these are a couple guests that we had previously for different shows, uh, brought on to talk about women's wrestling. Uh, Patrick has been with us to talk about Shimmer. Uh, Natalie has been with us to talk about, uh, women's superstars uncensored a while back. Uh, so I brought them together to talk about this particular women's promotion, uh, Shine 23. And I have to ask, I'll start with, uh, Swag. Uh, what, what expectations did you have coming into watching a Shine, uh, pay-per-view, eye-pay-per-view, whatever? I know they're they're sort of related to Shimmer in the way that many indie wrestling uh, associations or whatever you would call them are related to each other, and that there's a lot of a lot of overlap of talent and and management and a lot of similar 
you know, style in terms of what the product is. Uh, that was about all I had to know. I mean, I, when I looked at it, I saw a couple of names I recognized that I had maybe seen somewhere else or heard about, but mostly I hadn't seen most of these women wrestle before. Mm-hmm. And and Natalie, what, did you have any expectations coming into to Shine? Um, I, some of the names were familiar. Uh, I had uh, didn't ha- really have any expectations on what I was going to see, uh, but. Uh, not to spoiler alert, I was pretty pleased with what I saw, so. Uh-huh. Uh, it is, uh, it is very interesting. Uh, so it started off with a cool, like, little presentation before the official event started. We got to see a little look into, uh, WWN Live's tre- uh, trek into China, uh, with a match uh, featuring Medium and Ivelisse for the Shine Championship, uh, taking place in Beijing. Uh, DJ, can you give a little context to, to, to these, uh, athletes or your impression of seeing this started off? Well, Ivelisse, who is best now known as for her appearances on Lucha Underground and being in WWE NXT for a spell, uh, is now, uh, a main focal point of shine as of this match she was the shine champion and the top contender was Mia Yim um, noted indie standout recently having a i guess you could say tryout match of sorts uh, against Charlotte uh, in NXT god pd we're talking about NXT a lot aren't we especially yeah. with the show being in Florida uh but yeah. yes uh WWN live had a few shows uh, in China that were extremely successful. And one of the marquee matches of that show was the Shine Championship match between Mia Yim and Ivelisse, where Mia Yim came out with the victory. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, Barbie became the new champion. Mm-hmm. I'll just say, it, it, let me ask you guys, how, what was your impression of seeing this as like a, a precursor? I know, Swagger, it, it kind of th- threw you for a loop because you weren't sure what was going on. But what was your impression of kind of seeing this as a precursor before you got into the actual event? Well, I had previously, I had only ever heard of Mia Yim. The name had been spoken, and had been spoken with the fact that she was good. Uh, Ivelisse, I was not familiar with. So seeing, I mean, it was clear, I mean... Generally speaking, most promotions will not put anyone who can't wrestle, like, properly do their job as a champion. Usually you have to at least be, you know, quality in the ring to get there. Not, I I can see DJM rolling his eyes. No, 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 I'm nodding. I'm nodding. But especially in the indies, usually the guy guy or gal at the top is usually a quality wrestler. Whether or not you like them is to be debated, but they're good at what they do. So I, I kind of, you know, it was clear early on that they both knew what they were doing. It was a pretty solid match, although not having any sort of commentary coming in and not knowing a lot about either of them made it a little difficult to follow. And and I feel like there was something with, with being in China. I'm guessing they had to change kind of the way they they set up matches because there, there wasn't nearly as much of the of the cheaty backhanded stuff you usually see in a professional wrestling match that is sort of the the theater of it where where there's something else going on it was sort of a clear you know Mia Yim wants it more kind of match and and Ivelisse you know just got beat yeah uh and Natalie what what did you think of kind of seeing this match before we you know before the actual event uh yeah it was a little uh 
it was interesting, just the overall atmosphere of um, you're kind of uh, trained for, you know, the ring to be surrounded by, you know, not surrounded, but not much space between even at uh, at WWE shows uh, between the ring and the crowd. And it was kind of almost like they were wrestling in a vacuum, um, you know, uh, 10,000 people were there, but it was just, it was, it was interesting how that was the, the kickoff. And without any kind of context, even without any context, it was a good match. Um, yeah. So, and sometimes commentary can uh, hurt rather than help. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, so, but uh, that's was, just my own great. personal opinion. <laughs> and, and you definitely have a valid point. Yes. Uh, and, but yeah, it was definitely a really cool kind of, uh, context adder for the event itself because, uh, it, and then we move uh, into the, the opening of the show, which, uh, which plays into that. We had uh, Mia Yim, uh, give an in ring interview talking about her, uh, her recent victory, talking about what her plans are as champion. Um, I'm going to add my little editorial piece and say, uh, we, we saw where she, is her next step as a growth opportunity uh before she she you know goes to the next level which is when she's handed a microphone having something to say <laughs> um but we we did add some context and we heard we had Ivelisse come out before her match to confront Mia Yim uh and then of course have her match against Amanda Rodriguez kind of like a uh a showcase match what uh that was a squash what, match basically yeah it was a squash this was a squash match um, but it, I think you... it provided context to the idea that Ivelisse is still the number one contender and she'll probably get a rematch in the not too distant future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she is still a beast and she's still someone to be reckoned with. And, uh, and, and with her competition, it was very cool and interesting. What did, what did you guys think of the kind of the open moments and the kind of the quick little squash match at the beginning of the, of the, of the event? Uh, Ivelisse is great on a mic. Like that, that, if there, if there's a thing you're gonna put against her and Mia Yim, you know, just being sort of the two people that are the, the top of this promotion right now, girl can talk on a microphone and entertain and, and be good. Uh, it was, it was a longish squash match. I mean, she just beat the crap out of this Amanda Rodriguez girl who I, in my note taking, I didn't even say anything about, which is probably a sign that she just didn't have an opportunity to do much. For all I know, she could be very talented, but I didn't get to see it in this match. Uh, Ivelisse, obviously, is, it's, it's building this, what I assume will be a sort of, I, I, I'm going to run through everyone to get my belt back sort of storyline, which is fine. I like that story. Like the, the, I'm going to destroy all because I want my belt. Yes, yes. Uh, great context. Uh, Natalie, what, what did you think of kind of the opening moments? Well, the, uh, I, I will second the opinion that, uh, a growth moment for Mia may be, you know, a little bit of stick work. I mean, the job of the baby face is to at least be, you know, competent. It's the heel that has to do all the work, you know, to fire up the crowd and say, that's my title and blah, blah, blah. You got to talk uh, him into the building, kid. You know, so, you know, you don't, you don't have to do a lot. Uh, you just have to, you know, but definitely uh, some, some improvement there. This squash match, which 
uh, Eva Lise versus Amanda Rodriguez, um, you know, it kind of, I agree with you, Petey, kind of did what it was supposed to do. Um, but, uh, yeah. not, I don't have many notes from it either. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was a quick little squash match. And it, it uh, was, what I, it was, it was storyline progression. And right. Uh, yeah. There were some, you know, so there were okay some uh, pretty, pretty stiff hits that yeah, were kind of yeah. impressive. And it was certainly not, you know, brief as it was, it wasn't, you know, terrible or anything like that. So, um, and once again, it, it provided me an opportunity to, uh, to listen to Evil Least come to the ring to, uh, whack a flock of flames. I love them gun sounds and kind of be embarrassed at how much I got into it. <laughs> like I said before, <laughs> like I said before, I have a soft spot. I will, I will tolerate genres of music that I hate if they're entrance themes to wrestlers. <laughs> That's something that 95% of wrestling fans will say, uh, especially yes. indie fans. Like for example, no rest, no one that is a wrestling fan will admit that they enjoy Mbop by Hansen unless the Young Bucks are coming out to their entrance. That's it. Yeah. Um, and of course, but of course, on the flip side, everybody loves the final countdown. It's just amazing. Everybody loves the final countdown because it's the old opening intro for the Detroit Pistons. That's exactly. right. All right. So. Moving on to uh, uh, a little bit more of an interesting contest uh, and a little bit more of an interesting uh, moment. That's two so drinks. We ha- yes. <laughs> Double drink time. Uh, we have Amber, o- uh, Amber Gallows Nay O'Neill uh, taking on she's, Luscious Latosh. She's the good sister. She's the good sister the good of the Bullet Club. Uh, coming out to the, you know, uh, in Bullet Club garb, uh, flashing the Bullet Club signs, you know. A- as she is weeks. now known as, as she is now known as, according to, to Wrestle Kingdom, she is the Bullet Babe. Yes, the Bullet Babe. Uh, Amber O'Neill, uh, or actually now she announced Amber herself Gallows. as Amber Gallows, Nay O'Neill, uh, and ending up in a no contest, and it was kind of a, it was a, it was a, a fascinating kind of, uh, uh, because I I remember Amber O'Neill, and this seems like an unless com, tell, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a departure from her previous characters. Uh, as far as Amber O'Neill goes, mm, she's she's always kind of been. I I don't know much about Shine. I, honestly, I haven't watched a lot of Shine, but everything I've known about Amber O'Neill, she's always kind of been the. How do I put this? The mean girl with southern twang. That, that's Amber <laughs> O'Neill in a nutshell. So when I saw her kind of being Mrs. Bullet Club, you know, Mrs. Good Brother, uh, it, it seemed like a natural progression of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys get an impression? What, what did you guys think of, of this contest, uh, with Amber Gallows and, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, Luscious Latasha? Uh, you know, Patrick, what, what did you think? All right, good talk. <laughs> it was, it was very quickly going to become a squash match. And then there was the inevitable interference and a challenge was issued and a match was hypothetically yes. booked. And that was about it. Yeah. Cause we found out that, uh, in attendance was, uh, former shine and at the time unnoticed, you know, uh, recently TNA, uh, knockout 
but now former TNA knockout and back to being shine. Uh, the one known as Santana Garrett. Now, uh, PD, were, were you Garrett. were you on Twitter as this was happening? Because I actually remember being on Twitter, kind of kind of looking at the the hashtag Shine Twenty Three as this was going on, and, and people were kind of flipping out, like, ah, it's Santana Garrett, it's Santana <laughs> Garrett. Oh my God, what's she doing? She can't be here. She she's got a contract with TNA. But then, like, news came out either earlier that day or or the day after that. Yeah, she's left TNA, and she's free of all contractual obligations with TNA. So, yeah, that's why she showed up. And, of course, yes. if you remember on a previous episode uh, where we talked about WSU, women's, women's, WSU, women's superstars uncensored, I kind of fell head over heels for Santana Garrett. So when I saw this, I was pretty hyped. I was pretty excited. And when I was watching the Twitter feed as as the sh- the I pay per view was live, I was kind of like, ah, Santana Garrett's back on the Indies. That's kind of awesome. So I, I was rather pleased. Yes, yes. Uh, Natalie, did you have an impression of kind of this match or this moment of seeing Santana Garrett? Uh, do you kind of understand what was going on? A little bit. I think they, and I don't, you know, they, they kind of showed their hand a little bit before the shenanigans ensued by, you know, showing her in the crowd and whatnot. I think the purpose of the match was basically the sign, you know, you know, the match that will, you know, take place between Santana Garrett and Amber O'Neill. Um, but, you know, as somebody who, uh, you know, admittedly does not follow this closely, I got the gist of what was going on. So, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, they had so, a little bit of back and forth promo after, you know, after the match, if you want to call it, that kind of brought everybody up to speed. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a cool moment seeing Santana Garrett there. And it was kind of a, a good, uh, builder, a good, uh, setting, uh, the stage for kind of, uh, the, the match later on. Uh, and then we kind of move on to, I think, finally starting to get into some actual matches. Uh, we had Crazy Mary Dobson <laughs> taking on... Uh, is taking a page out of the Leva Bates playbook. Cosplaying as Stacey Jones, uh, Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> or Stacey Jones. <laughs> Stacey Jones. The new, you know, the new Casey Jones. Uh, Casey Jones is a sidekick. Is this how, uh, is this how Michael Bay is currently ruining the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. <laughs> no, not currently. Uh, taking on AK-47, Allison K. Uh, she of, uh... Why is she wearing peacock feathers, Petey? She, she's a girl. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> I just she, broke she my was... co-host, everybody. I just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, taking on Allison K, AK-47. Uh, accompanied to the ring, if I remember correctly, with by April Hunter. Uh... She Who, is... by the way, has been around since the Attitude Era, and yes. she's really never done much of anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, though I do appreciate uh, the one thing about uh, Maiden Sin, her Allison Kay and uh, Taylor Maid uh, is the, the ah, I get it, Maiden Sin. Mm-hmm. I, d- I do appreciate the pinkies up. Adds adds ah. a bit of class. Every time they come out, classy. yeah, they're classy. Uh, what? I, I'll start with you, Patrick. What, what was your impression of of this match and these ladies? Finally, a good match. 
Like, finally an actual wrestling match. Um, I was kind of impressed with both of them, uh, but, but Crazy Mary Dobson, for one reason or another, like, like, I like that character. I like the sort of just kind of, I'm just gonna do crazy shit and try to win a match. Uh, but it was, it was a wrestling match. There was, there was a back and forth to it. There was a story told. Both of them, like, not, no one was, you know, was phoning it in. Uh, so many fishnets in women's professional wrestling. So many fishnets. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. many yeah. fishnets. I noticed that on this show too. So I, I had that in my notes. I did have that in my notes. Fishnets. Yeah. And it's, and, uh, and, and I am someone who likes fishnets. But so many mm-hmm. fishnets. That, yeah. Can, can we, can we, can we at reply shine wrestling about that? Just, just ask them, like, for, from, from the fanny pack account? Spiky, and spiky, and spiky, uh, spiky what's bras. What's up with the fishnets? What, what's up with all the girls wearing fishnets? What's up with that? What's the deal with that? fishnet stockings? What's up with that? Uh. Is this actually a goth club? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was a cool, like, back and forth, and I, I like the, the, the talent here. Uh, and, and you know, pinky's up. Uh, Natalie, uh, what was your impression? Were you as perplexed by the fish nets, or was there anything else that caught your attention? Uh, no, I guess, uh, I didn't catch that memo. I just, you know, it, it's gotta be either, you know, fish nets or dark tights, um, one or the other. Um, this is why I love characters like Leva Bates, and why I love Thunder Kitty. Because they stand out so much. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but as far as being the goth girl I went to high school with who was super into wrestling, I'm picturing her in my head. She wasn't even goth in high school. She sort of started adopting it after, but she was super into wrestling, and she would have loved this shit. Oh, absolutely. But I thought the uh, the match was it was uh, the first actual match that told a story. The crowd was you can you can tell that you know uh, they were. They, cause they were chanting, uh, for Mary as soon as the bell sounded. So it's kind of a case where it was a good solid match elevated by, you know, crowd interaction. They were super into it. The match was solid. Um, and it was a good, I guess, you know, palate cleanser from the two, like kind of, you know, matches to, te- you know, to advance the storyline that really weren't matches. Um, this kind of set the tone for more of what we were going to see. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was a cool contest, and it kind of uh, it, uh, Allison K is a pretty cool uh, quality wrestler, and you got to appreciate this this the the spiky bra. <laughs> the spiky bra has some honestly. It was a good style. It, I like that style. Uh, style. It, it's a good uh uh what's the word uh conversation piece. A good central. Uh, you know, impact piece in the outfit. I, I, I will be completely honest. I did not pick up on that, PD. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so the fashionista move on. of the. Also, I'm the fashionista I, I, of the show. Also, I appreciate uh, the 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 crazy Mary. I I want to hope that that is in reference to the 1974 film Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, sort of swapping around the adjectives because I love 1970s car chase films. And I want that, yes. I want 1970s car chase films to have more traction in modern society. And, and I'm guessing if, if it was Crazy Mary, it would be Dirty Larry, and it's probably talking about uh, Larry Davis. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, moving on to the next uh, match, we had... 
the buddy system of Heidi Loveless and Solo Darling, uh, taking on BTY, uh, better than you. Uh, Petey, you, you know, I'm gonna, you know I'm gonna love this team. You know I love this team. Because they are members of California. We got Solo Darling. We got Heidi Loveless. And we have my eternal, lifelong wrestling crush, Daphne, accompanying, Daphne. accompanying them to the ring. The, the woman is. that, that is my eternal going all the way back to like 1999 wrestling crush in Daphne, who I'm always happy to see. She's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. She, she's wonderful. And Solo Darling was just fantastic. She, she, I, I guess she was supposed to be, what was she? The, the reindeer? I forgot what they said. Uh, and, she was the reindeer. I don't, I don't, I think, uh, some kind of Rudolph thing going on and Heidi Loveless was like, uh, Santa Claus. Wait, what right. was she in uh, Heidi Loveless, now the current and reigning Chikara Young Lions Cup champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking on the team known as Better Than You. Uh, they, they were also classy. They were also yes. heating their pinkies up. Uh, they but, were, uh, I, also... I, I enjoyed this because, uh, we, we got some, one thing I noticed that I really did like about Shine, what I really liked about this event was that it was very well booked. Like every match on the show had a story and tied into something and had meaning. And in a weird way, it was kind of self-contained, but it was very, very good at progressing storylines for people that might want to see what happens next. And th- this match really put that on display. I really liked how you knew you knew who the heels were, you knew who the baby faces were, and the commentary, even though I didn't like a lot of things about them, they did a pretty good job of explaining the why uh, throughout this whole show. And I think this was the first match where I really started noticing that th- they were actually telling a lot of stories on this show, and that was really, really good. Yeah, uh, and of course, Natalie, Valifornia uh, did, did you happen Daphne to notice, or, or what did you think about Better Than You and, and the buddy system? Because I know I, I definitely noticed that this is where you could really tell kind of what was happening with the good guys and the bad guys. Did you notice that? Um, what did I notice? Um, the, the first note I have here is... Um, I'm like, Solo Darling is still around? Okay. Uh, and Daphne still around. <laughs> because you know not to date myself haha but you know uh, my memories of Daphne are me being in college watching you know WCW so uh, but it was uh, you know it's good to see her (laughs) Uh, the screen queen queen herself Um, as far as the the match goes I thought it was a very good match um I think we're at a, you know, there is a definite lack on, you know, Monday Night Raw on, heck, even in the indies themselves of good, solid, um, you know, female tag team wrestling. Heck, I mean, the guy, on the guy side, it's not much better, but um, it was enjoyable to watch, you know, heels being heels. <laughs> so... Um, Rudo's and I do being, agree that Rudo's this show was overall well, you know, well thought out, uh, which is also something that is lacking. Um, also, just as a sidebar, Natalie, I told you, Cowboys and Lions, you have nothing to worry about. I told you. <laughs> I told you. I told you it would be fine. 
Okay. Yes. <laughs> Same old lions. Same old lions. She. Um. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a fantastic all star. Uh, uh, you know, tag team uh, contest with the Daphne's All Star Squad. Uh, taking on. Uh, but uh, uh, unfortunately, coming uh, on the short end of the stick against a Valifornia, which I love. Uh, SoCal Val. Ah, uh, SoCal up. Val. Yay. Yay. Uh, who was there and also would occasionally jump on commentary and it was adorable and hilarious, uh, when she was on commentary. Uh, it was great too. It was a fun contest. And then it progressed into another contest, which I know you, uh, you love, DJM. Uh, we had Blue Pants herself, Leva Bates, taking on Vanessa Craven. Uh, somebody we talked about recently at, at the Shimmer event. Somebody, uh, uh, when we talked about with Kaz and Drew, uh, featured heavily on the, uh, uh, in the Shimmer event that we talked about recently. Uh, she of being six foot, you know, whatever. I think six foot even. At the, yep, six uh, feet. Uh, you know, the tall, tall for a lady, uh, <laughs> uh, monster. Taking on Leva Bates, cosplaying Leva Bates. this time as Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Ooh, for, for a second, I had thought, like, uh, on, even though I had spoken to her on, on Twitter earlier in the day, I, I said, hey, it's She-Hulk. But then I was, then I thought like, ah, uh, no, it's probably Gamora because Guardians of the Galaxy is really hot right now. So, and, and yeah. it, it was in fact, uh, Gamora. So yes, Gamora. So Vanessa Craven versus Leva Bates. Uh, Swagger, uh, what did you think of this one? Of course, my girl Leva, Miss Blue Pants, the most popular girl at NXT. Uh, what did you think of this one? Uh, I was pretty impressed. Uh, the, the very small person versus a very large person match can be difficult. Uh, unless it's like a pure squash match. Like if you want an actual back and forth between a girl who's, uh, maybe 5'4 on a good day and, and a girl who's six feet and fucking jacked. Like, like it's clear that if there was a, a fight between these two outside of the ring, the winner and the loser are, are predetermined by pure physics. But in the ring, it worked really well. Uh, Leva did a good job of being very high impact and very much, you know, just heaving herself into the match. Uh, Craven knows how to be like the big bad, which, which some people don't when they're that size, but she knows what she's doing. She knows how to, uh, how to throw down and also how to make the, the person half her size look like they're doing a good job. I thought it was actually a good match. And, uh, Craven's finish, like the big spinning power bomb is awesome. Yeah. As much, as much as I don't, like there are most most guys don't power bomb that good. Yeah. As much as I hate seeing Leva lose, uh, Vanessa Craven was pretty awesome in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Natalie, what was your impression of, of this contest? Uh, you know, there's a reason they keep booking David versus Goliath. Uh, when it works, it, it, and this worked, uh, it, you know, it works well. Um, I thought this was, you know, this is the first time I had seen, uh, Vanessa Craven and I was impressed. Um, you know, I'd heard of her, I guess maybe from, this could be totally wrong. Um, like working indies in Canada, but I had never seen her. Yes. Makes sense. Yes. yes. So, uh, so that I was already, my interest was already peaked. Um, but, uh, I thought, yeah, I mean, uh, 
with for this mat for this kind of match to ever work, no matter at what level, you always have to have a big who knows how to use their size, and you know uh, the secondary wrestler being able to you know have high impact chest kicks, you know it's just blocks, sunset flip, you know it was basically uh, very good as far as you know telling that story, especially a story that's been told a lot. Um, so I thought it was a good match. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a fun contest. It was a, it was a cool contest. Vanessa Craven has impressed me. And the couple of times I've seen her and kind of being that, that I'm gonna mess you up, big, big person, uh, is really cool. That like, uh, stoic or kind of like angry, uh, character that she does is fantastic. Uh, alright. So going from one contest with somebody that DJM loves to another contest with somebody that DJM loves, uh, we have, the 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 star the young star uh you know comparatively speaking of the of legendary uh thunder kitty taking on leo von dutch uh thunder kitty accompanied to the ring by leilani kai of all now, people I, I had originally thought uh watching this show uh, i i sent Petey a message on skype saying why are they booing thunder kitty what's going on and Petey explained to me that that she is a member of Legendary, the one of the heel factions in Shine. I was like, oh, because Thunder Kitty doesn't get booed any, anywhere because it's it's Thunder Kitty. She she she's fantastic. But okay, fine, whatever. Yes, you're weird, Florida. Yes. This just makes you even weirder. Yes, booing. Thunder. Uh. Thunder Kitty. Of course, uh, also in that promotion are the technically retired at this point, Brandy Wine and Malia Hosaka that we'll talk about in shortly in a couple of matches. But, uh. Yeah, that really surprised me. They're, they're still around. Yes. <laughs> talk about some classic women's wrestling. Um, Thunder Kitty and Leia Von Dutch. Uh, I don't, I don't, I think this is the first chance that either of you have gotten a chance to check out Thunder Kitty. Uh, I, I saw Thunder Kitty oh, yes. in King of Trios with Chikara, and I was like, okay. I don't know what this girl's thing is, but I like it because it is so genuinely different than anything I've ever seen before. I mean, it is, it is definitely, there's a lot of tribute to, to like the very early women's wrestlers, you know, the working but, girls. Yeah. The, like the Johnny Mae Youngs, the, the Mildred Burks. Of yeah. Them. Like, like the, the, the long, long ago sort of thing, but also just sort of, and I don't want to say this in, offensively. She's very average. She doesn't look like a crazy athlete. She's not clearly on the juice. She's very much. She's not on the gas. A woman who wants to wrestle. She's a woman. She's like a woman who wrestles and her character is she, she everything. Is a, she is, as they used to say, a ladies grappler. Yes, yes. Yes. I think that's a good word for it. And she is, she is, she is a, She's a character in the best possible way. And I think fits really well in, like, among the, uh, let's kind of roll back the curtain and say actually old women's wrestler, unlike her who plays old. Uh, she actually fits very well in that, in that kind of stable. Uh, and they, I think they do a really good job of kind of creating that, uh, building upon her character with these actual, like, uh, you know, legendary kind of, uh, veteran wrestlers. However, Petey, uh, I this... say, during this match, is it just me or did they, did the crowd seem kind of, kind of 
not enthused in this match. They they seemed a bit flat. It could be. I think. Uh, or was it just that? Know, it's hard it, to say. I don't know. Maybe it's just because this is where Shine books their venues, or or it's either seemed like by this match the crowd was kind of flattening out, or maybe not everyone was all that into this. Uh, I don't know what was yeah. going on. It, it would be hard to say what exactly we could attribute it uh, to. Uh, but uh, um, Natalie, what was your impression of, kind of uh, Thunder Kitty? Had you gotten a chance to see Thunder Kitty before? I want to say I maybe caught, oh, God, it was a couple of years ago, and I may get the promotion wrong, uh, and assuming the promotion still exists, like LCW or something like that. Um, but it was several, several years ago and she was working as a face at that time. Um, but it was a really short little match that I had saw previously. This is the first time I really got to see like her whole shticks short of a, you know, you know, a long promo from it, you know, thrown in there, but I did enjoy it. I, you know, um, I liked that, you know, not only her look is very old school, the way she wrestles is very old school, you know, um, and not, and yeah, she is cribbing a lot from, you know, the older lady grapplers, uh, but she's also stealing, you know, from the guys too, uh, from that era as far as, you know, the, as far as from her look with the, uh, you know, the, the athletic socks peeking out of the, of the old school wrestling boots that are striped, you know, something Bob Backlund would, you know, would wear. Um, but the match itself, uh, yeah, I, I did notice the crowd was kind of not totally into it as they were earlier, but the match itself I thought was very enjoyable because both, uh, you know, you could tell that, you know, these two ladies have, Probably wrestled quite a bit, and Lanani Kai is, you know, always entertaining. Um, and, you know, they're two very well defined and entertaining wrestlers in there. So, um, you know, sometimes the, sometimes the crowd is, you know. Now, Petey, for me, I, I need you to do this one for me, Petey. Leia Von Dutch. I really don't know a lot about her. Can you tell me a little bit about Leia Von Dutch? Leia Von Dutch, I, uh, she is the, if I remember correctly, she is the Dino Hunter. Uh, I don't have a lot of contests. I know I've seen her quite a few times, uh, here and there in different promotions. Uh, she is, she is from Ontario, Canada. She wrestles in NCW Femme Fatale. Uh, she has wrestled in Shimmer before. Uh, she's, she's around and she's, I don't think that I've seen a lot of her. But, uh, and I think I may be uh, misattributing the Dino Hunter, uh, uh, Dino Hunter, uh, tag, uh, nickname, but she's somebody that uh, I've seen, I've heard of, and I've heard, uh, rumblings about, uh, but, but I don't, I don't, I can't say that I, uh, that I could offer any more context. All right. Well, I would say that we should probably move on to the next. We should probably move on to the next match in the show, where we saw yeah. Taylor Maid, who I swear was definitely not Velvet Sky, okay, <laughs> taking on La Rosa Negra. Yes, uh, Petey, uh, somebody, say, somebody who I have, I have, I'm growing, uh, I have a growing Petey, affection for. Petey, you probably figured out by now that my my preferred wrestling viewing is. More on the family-friendly PG side. 
And um, La Rosa Negra and her entrance was, how do I put this? A bit jarring. <laughs> uh, I'll put it that way. It was a bit jarring. Mi negrita linda. La Rosa Negra. Because uh, it, she, it, it she, wasn't, she it wasn't it. PG uh, <laughs> to a degree. And yes. it, with me in my little wrestling bubble, most things are, are PG, family friendly, rather innocent. Yes. This was a little bit, hmm, okay, all right, that, that happened. I was, I was rather taken aback by yes. La Rosa Negra. I have wrestling can occasionally have this that that kind yes. of thing. Um, I have a growing affection for La Rosa Negra. She's been impressing me in, in a couple of matches because I watched this is, uh, watched the previous uh, Shine event. She was she wrestled really well in that one. Uh, she has a character that is so kind of uh, I don't show it as much. Uh, but in, I, I, like I said, I am. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned before, but my parents hailed from Cuba. Uh, and of course, La Rosa Negra is uh, from Puerto Rico. Uh, and we, you would say past differences aside, uh, and cultural differences, because we do have a lot of cultural differences, we would say that there's a lot of affection and relations between Cuba and Puerto Rico. We do have a lot of affection. We do have a lot of, we feel like we're cousins. Uh, you know, some of, some of the music really reaches across. And La Rosa Negra's personality, and her persona is something that kind of piqued the 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 little uh piece of Cuban inside of me, and was like, "Why, vamos, vamos, mi negrita linda, dale, dale." And I loved it, and it was it was so much fun seeing her. And then Taylor made uh she the other half of Maiden Sin. Uh, and it's totally now not kind of sky. <laughs> totally not. Come on, uh, PD, PD, come on, come on. I know, Seriously. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, taking out, and it was a kind of a, fu- a fun match. It was a fun contest. Uh, and, and the back and forth was pretty fun. Again, April Hunter making another appearance, kind of just being there. Um, I'll start with you, Natalie. What, what was your impression of this contest and La Rosa Negra's entrance? <laughs> uh, yeah, what an entrance, right? Um, I mean, uh, no words are really needed, guys. You know, anyway, uh, the match itself, uh, I thought it was a good match. Um, it, again, like most of the matches on this card, was very, you know, it told the story in the match. Uh, I thought, um, you know, before, you know, three minutes, you know, had passed by, you saw more, you know, wrestling moves. Uh, in this match and you'd say, you know, in 45 minutes on Raw. Um, so that was enjoyable. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, yeah, Taylor made, uh, wins the match, but, uh, the only note that I have in here is that, you know, uh, are they, is Eva Lisa still turning heel or is that randomly on hold for this match? Cause, uh, <laughs> she does the, uh, the run in and helps uh Rosa out of the ring and whatnot. So that was interesting. Yeah. You know what? Pu- Puerto Rican solidarity uh transcends uh uh alignment. Faction alignment, okay. <laughs> yeah, faction alignment. Uh I'm sure it's I'll I'm sure that. we could if you look in the if you look in the D and D rule book, I'm sure it's in there. You know, racial alignment and like 
uh, fraction alignment. You know, we'll talk about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a fun contest. Patrick, what, as, as a, as a, uh, as a young white man from, uh, from the Midwest, or from I'm, the, I'm well, not from the Midwest. The, I'm from the northeast. From the east side. I'm of the from the east. Midwest, Petey. I, I I'm I'm from Florida. I don't know. I don't know my directions. Uh, from the from from, from the from the yeah. middle of nowhere, uh, Pennsylvania. What was your impression of La Rosa Negra? Uh, I love La Rosa Negra. She is super face material. So uh, Natalie said earlier that that like heels do all the work, and that is often true. But once in a while, you get a face who can get the crowd on her side, and I don't think she needed a heel to be herself and to be the one that everyone wanted to win. Uh, I have no idea who she is. I've never seen her wrestle before, but I like her. She just, she's very likable. And, and in the match, like it was, it was what a wrestling match should be. Good back and forth, you know, no one phoning it in. It was, it was good. Uh, it was, as far as brass knuckles cheaty finishes go, it was a decent one. I mean, the, the cheaty finish gets old after a while, but at least this one was well executed. And, and, and I love the fact that it was a uh, it was a move by the heel to cheat with a uh, pair of brass knucks that the face introduced. Into yep, the match. yep. And that's that is the genius of La Rosa Negra is you like her and she brought brass knuckles to the ring, but you still like her. Yes, yes. Uh, that's so some. Fantastic. That's like like that is that is a very difficult thing to do, and you know, there's a reason people speak about guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hush Tones because he did that. He was the heel who was the face who was the heel who was the face. Like, he did both. This girl's, like, in a very small way, doing both. Like, like being able to be kind of bad, but still be good. Uh, yeah. It was, it was so much fun, uh, kind of seeing this, seeing the contest. And, uh, yeah, it grew my co- growing affection, uh, for La Rosa Negra, uh, me, Negrita Linda, uh, going even further. Uh, but then we get into another. Uh, we get into another uh, fun little match. We have. I, I'm just gonna say this right now, and you you can just be honest with me. The, the there is a team in this match that I'm just gonna go ahead and say this is your new favorite tag team, isn't it? Probably. Well, at least <laughs> I, I I'm loving them. Uh, we have the Kimber Bombs, Cherry Bomb and Kimberly. Uh, Clearly, mainly I I love favorite tag team. I, I, I have, I love Kimberly. She's a fantastic wrestler. She's a wrestler. And I keep meaning to check out the little documentary that somebody posted up on her. I did watch that. It was good. So yes, you should watch that little, uh, documentary on Kimberly. She, she, she is a wrestler and, and a pretty good one. She will be in Orlando, Florida in the not too distant future, I do believe. Yeah. Along yes. with Blue and, and rightfully so. Uh, and rightfully so. Uh, taking on, uh, the aforementioned legendary, they being Brian, Brandy Wine and Malia Hosaka, accompanied to the ring by Lilani Kai and Thunder Kitty. Um, this was a very cool match. Uh, this was a fun match. Uh, like I said, I, I do have an affection for the Kimber Bombs, uh, mainly Kimberly. And I think because of Kimberly getting me into it, I did Cherry Bomb won me over. Obviously, my first impression was Terry, with Terry Bomb was us watching that CZW show where she pretended to, be, you know, that that whole thing with her and Pepper Parks and things like that. And I was like, uh, okay. Well, those are my my first impression, but I imagine that's a a lot of your people's first impression. But this won me over, and I love seeing them. They're they're so much fun and kind of silly. Uh, but them going, you know, going for the tag team championships. 
uh, that Legendary was holding at the time. Uh, it, more fun tag team wrestling, right, Natalie? Uh, as you said before, more fun tag team wrestling. What was your impression of this uh, match? Oh, this was a lot of fun. I mean, you had Legendary. We're going to, you know, stomp on the flowers brought out by the Kimber Bombs. I mean, that kind of, you know, uh, fun shenanigans to start the match. Um, and, you know, uh, Osaka, I guess I, you know, am admittedly uh, not in the know, but I was like, I thought she announced her retirement earlier this year. Uh, and saw her invited out to CAC this year. I think she's getting inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame. But uh, solid, of course, as always. Um, but this match was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it's, this is what happens when you get people in there uh, who know what they do and, you know, know what to do. And Lalani Kai... Uh, Sometimes when you have like the special guest heel manager, they kind of distract or detract from the match. But no, she totally did what she was supposed to do. So um, it was quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, uh, it, it's funny. Like Brandy Wine is a veteran wrestler, and she has her career and her 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 name. You know, her right to her name or stake to her name. But I can't help but see her name and not think of. Uh, uh, and nobody out there will know this, and none of you will know this, but think of a uh, longtime uh, South Beach drag queen and member of the Liquor Sisters, uh, Brandywine Liqueur, uh, out there in South Beach. And I give her a shout out out there. Her, you know, give, out, <coughs> give her a shout out. Petey, you're uh, absolutely correct. No one else will know that but you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sammy Sambuca Diamond, how you doing? Uh, but yeah, uh, Patrick. What was your impression of this tag team contest? I, I love the young face versus veteran heel match. It, it's a good setup. Uh, making it tag team makes it even better. And I like the Kimber Bombs. I, I am, I feel like you could put them in any promotion and they would be successful as a, as a pair. Cause they're, they're very likable. They're very high energy. And, and just sort of my, my, Things I love from wrestling because I grew up in the Attitude Era. Uh, Liam on Dutch running out with a chair. I love runouts with chairs. Every match needs a runout with a chair. Whenever there's, if there's any interference from the heel side, you need someone to run out with a chair. I don't care who it is. And, and I got that here and I was happy I got that. Uh, yeah, it was, it was Liam on Dutch with a chair. You gotta love the run in. Uh, Kimber Bobs are so fun. Uh, also shout out to Alexa Kanye. Uh, Victor Viagra, uh, Lisa LaCour. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was, the Kimber Bombs have, have really kind of won me over. It just being, being the kind of the, the ridiculous fun and, and the kind of the, the adorable together besties that they are. Uh, the, the, the Kimber Bombs. Uh, kind of like me too. with the buddy system in that they're all baby faces, but at the same time, they're all kind of insane. Like, yes, so, yes. Solo Darling is a little, a little not stain, just like uh, Daphne. Yes. Uh, and I, I adore them too. I love, I adore the buddy system as well. <laughs> Solo Darling. Uh, nowhere, uh, Solo Darling, I didn't say it was, is from the Bronx, as we said before. Again, no confirmation whether she's from, uh, South Bronx, South, South Bronx. Uh, but that's another thing. Uh, once again, Petey, now we m- once again, Petey, nobody but you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, moving on. 
two. Uh, again, another match with somebody that DJM loves. Uh, we had Santana Garrett taking on Amber Gallows, Nay O'Neill. Uh, and of course the match we, that was set up earlier as we, uh, the aforementioned, uh, squash match and interaction in earlier in the event. Uh, what do you guys find, think of when it finally came down? When we find, when things finally went down, what was your impression, guys? Uh, grudge matches are fun because they get really aggressive and, and this is just, uh, Sort of a reference to every other show I've ever been on. Finally a back rake. This is the <laughs> indies. Where are all the back raking? We need more back rakes. We finally got the, one. The Young Bucks kind of took that move and made it their own after the, the <laughs> devastating back handspring back rake. Yeah, there yes. needs to be more back rakes. I mean, without a back rake, is it really an indie wrestling show? <laughs> like at See, least one back rake. If you, if you were saying this if it were like uh, the snapmare dra- into a dragon kick... Then yes, you would have a point. The the back rake, eh, that's that's kind of been taken by the young bucks and really. Well, well someone when else. Young, when the young bucks it. do it, when the young bucks do it, it's it's the young bucks. Period. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and it's and I I actually kind of enjoyed the post match tantrum freakout because because <laughs> that's a thing you get in in women's wrestling that you probably don't get in in the in the more traditional men's wrestling, uh because like. Uh, girl wrestlers are allowed to express emotions that aren't just, you know, growing out and, and being angry. So it was fun to see just the freaking tantrum at the end. Which really, why, why don't we allow men to throw tantrums? Hell, it worked for Chris Jericho. That's, Again, how, he, that's how he broke big. For those of you that have not watched Russell Kingdom 9 yet, the main event is very, very emotional. Spoilers. Yes. Um, the feels. The feels. Uh, I got to see Russell Kingdom. I'm so excited. I'm a, I'm a so excited. Uh, Natalie, what was your impression of of this uh, finally going down? Uh, this match. Uh, uh, you know, the match was the match. Uh, I think the post match shenanigans were much more entertaining than the match itself. With O'Neill going ballistic, pretty much, and uh. <laughs> Taking out everyone, including the ring crew. So that was fun. Um, it, it'll be, um, interesting to see, you know, how this, or if it progresses, if it, you know, uh, would like to see more, uh, of these two because grudge matches are always fun. Uh, limited shelf life, but they're, uh, the first couple are usually fun and this was so. Uh, it, and it, it set up well, like, like DJM said earlier, it set up a good story well. It progressed well from the early in the match to this, uh, point into, uh, the event. And it was, it was really cool and interesting. Again, the tantrum was actually absolutely fun. Uh, seeing her just start laying out just dudes, random dudes that came into the ring. Uh, it was actually kind of fun. <laughs> um, but then we finally get to the main event of the evening. Uh, we have the Shine Championship Contest, Mia Yim's first Shine Championship uh, defense, with her taking on the contender in the form of Nevea. She of Ohio is for Killers uh, and a couple also other organizations. Also a regular in Clash Wrestling here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a veteran and a, a fantastic wrestler. Uh, Nevea versus Mia Yim. Uh, it was a, a very cool, uh, main event setup. And I'll have to ask you guys, uh, Patrick, 
what was your impression of this main event and maybe like the build up to it and the main event itself? I felt like they built up to it well enough. They kind of painted Nevea as someone who could obvi- who obviously had a good chance at, at taking it and, and, you know, winning the belt and, and sort of being the, the spoiler to Mia Yim's, you know, fairly recent triumph. Uh, you know, and, and it was, it was actually a, one of the best matches on the card in a lot of ways. I, I'm not a fan of the ending, but, but the actual, the wrestling bits of it, uh, were fantastic. Uh, Nevaeh's release German suplex, uh, is fan freaking tastic. Like, just yes. hucks Mia Yim across the ring. Just yeah, this was a gone. this was a contest of uh, uh part of the the story of this contest was two people who are uh, are proficient at delivering the German suplex and uh, that and was they, something they that do was it set uniquely. up previously. Yes, uh, uh, and that was set up in previous matches and specifically in tag team matches between uh between uh the Lucha Sisters and uh I believe others uh, Nevea and somebody else from. Uh, from California, we're in the team together, but it was something that was set up previously. Uh, their German suplex off, you know? and and, and Nevea delivers some flare level knife edge chops, like yes. like like the knife edge chop is. It's one of those great wrestling tropes. It is it is a really good sound it makes, and and really not a whole lot else. And mm-hmm. and to sell it is the key, and and. Nevaeh is like, like Ric Flair out there just wailing away. And it was, and that, mm. that was what really impressed me. And it just, it was a good, you know, quote unquote wrestling match. It, it helps that a chop to the chest uh, legitimately stings like a motherfucker. And if you don't believe me, uh, if you're ever around, uh, Joey Image at one of these tadpool slash, uh, you know, chat room events, uh, go ahead and ask him if he, he'd be okay with chopping you. He'll take care of you. And don't learn. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be that stupid type of wrestling fan. Because just going back to Wrestle Kingdom Nine for a second, <laughs> Machine Gun Carl Anderson was doing an interview with Sam Roberts, talking about how whenever he's in Japan, there are so many Japanese fans that want the members of the Bullet Club to absolutely wail on them, and they do it. And there will be a guy that ends up getting completely knocked unconscious. D- no, don't be that wrestling fan. Don't be that wrestling fan. Just just say, okay, chops hurt. I believe you. I believe you. Yes. You don't need to chop me. I believe yes. you. Don't, and uh, that's that was me. Uh, some, uh, that was me at Nerdtackler saying no, that I'm okay. Like it's like uh, people were asking uh, uh, Joey Image to chop him, and I think it was a, a, a friend of ours. Uh, I won't say, uh, but I was like looking, at, and I think somebody may have brought the idea of uh, me ch- uh, trying it, and I was like, Nah, no, nah, I've d- I've had I've been chopped before. I'm good. I'm good. And, and look, I'm I'm little. I'm a little dude. I'm 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 like Jimmy Jacobs little. Okay. Don't chop me. Don't chop me. I don't want to get chopped. Okay? Don't do it. No. No. Don't do it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting contest. Uh, Natalie, what was your impression of the main event? Uh, it was very enjoyable, except for, you know, the screw job ending, but, you know, um, kind of saw that coming a little bit, but, um, 
what I had written down, I like the kind of one one woman ship up of uh, with the German suplexes. Uh, I thought that was fun. Um, and they kind of, you know, after the interference, it kind of looked like, you know, the title. You know, they were trying to tell the crowd the title might, you know, go Navia's way. And they'll, you know, Ivalice shows up. Um, and then, you know, we, you know, we quote unquote go home. Um, yeah, I wasn't was crazy a, about the ending, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, it was a, to give, provide people contact, the ending, uh, where, where it ended up with was, uh, uh, Nivea, uh, in Shine is also part of Valifornia alongside, uh, Several aforementioned members, uh, managed by SoCal Val. Uh, those members, uh, them being BTY, uh, came down to the ring and tried to do some shenanigans. Uh, Ivelisse came out as well under the auspices of I don't know what, but ultimately attacked, uh, Nevea, causing, uh, the referee to call for a disqualification. Uh, Causing her to win, and obviously, as we know, in professional wrestling, uh, the title does not change hands in a disqualification. Uh, setting up the storyline of Nevaeh being pissed at Ivelisse for costing her the title, uh, <laughs> Medium being pissed at Ivelisse for costing her the match, uh, everybody being pissed at Ivelisse, everybody being pissed at each other, and then everybody attacking each other, and Ivelisse, uh, having to be carried out by a big black bouncer, uh, <laughs> which was, Kind of hilarious and kind of, uh, <laughs> fascinating. Uh, it, 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 well, DJ, what would you think about, cause this is supposed to be, uh, a setting up, of course, a future, uh, storylines and future shine, uh, pay-per-views. What did you think of the ending and how, how it came about? Well, I, I think this will just say generally what I thought of sh- this show entirely in that, it all made sense. It, it told a story of the entire show from start, from start to finish. You had Valkyrie, you had Legendary, you had Ivalice, you had Mia Yim. Uh, it all worked from start to finish. And you don't see that, especially on the indies very often. So for as much good wrestling as the show had on the whole, I'm going to give Shine Volume 23 a couple of extra bonus points for storytelling. They, they actually had a very well-booked story for their show to continue on to the next one. So I say very well done uh, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it was a, it was a fun main event. Uh, you know, you could, and I, and, and I'm with, uh, UDM, it was a, it made sense. It, it built something really cool in the, in the main event. Uh, but definitely I understand what you guys thought of, like, kind of, it maybe you, you were left a little hanging, uh, by, by the, the, by the ending. Uh, but it does set you up to hopefully check out more shine. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun main event, and I'll have to ask you guys uh, about the whole event as a whole. Shine twenty three. In conclusion, I'll start with you, Patrick. What did you think about Shine twenty three and Shine Wrestling as a whole? Uh, so the wrestling, the talent, the storytelling, I thought was all excellent. I'm going to step back and something that I've definitely talked about. Uh, someone in the indies needs to hire some freaking nerds. To get their their streaming and video shit together because it's never gonna happen. I I mean the audio was meh, the streaming was terrible. Like if you want to charge for shows, put it on Vimeo. 
you know, it's there for a reason. You can charge whatever price you want per show and it'll look good and it'll stream perfectly and it won't have to spend time buffering mid-match. You know, it's, it, this is, this is my rub on all the indies and, and some are, are more guilty than others that like hire some nerds. I, I, there are probably in any given indie wrestling crowd, five like audio, vi- audio video internet capable enough nerds to fix but all of that. That would mean that people in the wrestling business would have to, you know, ask the internet wrestling fans for, for some feedback and some help on something and that will never happen. So uh, I, I know this is something that is going to uh, cause some annoyance with some people that will jump into this, but it's one of those things that you can keep complaining about it, but it's never going to change. Yeah. And and I, but uh, I, I think that that's that's a really unfortunate thing because, especially given the the lack of competition on television right now, what like like it's it's sort of WWE or the husk of TNA. Is, is what's available on television right now. And, and all it would take is someone in the Indies to get their shit together. And it looked for a minute like it might be Ring of Honor. And, and maybe they are in the process of getting I, their shit I together. Will say, I will say if anybody's, uh, doing a good job of getting close to getting their shit together in that respect, it's beyond wrestling. Uh, they do a lot of, you know, fan communication they put their stuff on on youtube they put a bunch of free matches on youtube every once in a while like uh and all in 1080p all at high definition lately uh they do the raw footage thing that we talked about in a previous uh event uh for uh, beyond wrestling but they do eventually put in the edited uh form and, and this was like a show that would have benefited from two hours of editing not like eight days of it like two hours of just cutting out the dead air and and mixing it a little better and and maybe you know putting putting not the to, not, yeah, to, uh, the questionable live graphics in but that would take fair. time but that would take things like time and hiring someone that would know how to do it and most indie wrestling companies aren't going to do that period yeah. i, I say, I say like honestly I it's 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 not even a discussion point because it just period won't happen. Well, then, like yeah. to me, like like this show was was what like ten bucks to buy, and and like in my mind, like if this was a dollar per show at this quality of of streaming and quality of of editing, I get it. At ten bucks, you got to pay someone to freaking f- just clean it up. It doesn't need to be perfect. I don't expect it to look like a multi million dollar you know Vince McMahon product, but but. But a little bit of editing would have went a long way. And, and again, and I know, you know, it's clearly something that, that may or may not ever happen anywhere. But the first, the first indie with enough range to do it, the first one to do it right will benefit from it. And hopefully they will, others will follow. But, you know, I guess like I should I said, hold my um, breath. The word we're talking about women's wrestling now, like I think the one that's making progress again beyond wrestling, uh, I think it seems like Drew Cordero. Uh, has a bit, uh, you know, has an interest in progressing in that respect. Again, all this stuff is high definition and available on Smart Mark Video as such. Uh, and, and WWN Live. And WWN Live is doing some cool stuff in all in high definition streaming as well. And like I said, Beyond Wrestling offers a butt ton of free matches on YouTube, <laughs> which is kind of cool and awesome. Uh, and yeah. 
and I, I'm looking forward to that. We'll we'll talk about Beyond Wrestling in the future, but we're talking about Shine now. Shine, Natalie, what was your impression of Shine 23 and Shine Wrestling as a whole? Yeah, I mean, to echo earlier comments, yeah, there were some things that probably could have been improved production-wise. I mean, it wasn't – the graphics weren't, you know – uh you know, worlds collide bad. Um, <clears throat> but they, yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you guys are right. Some, you know, it may never happen, but it has happened before. I mean, ECW, you know, before it got sanitized and whatnot, did a lot of crap wrong the first year or so of shows that actually made it on TV, but they got a lot of the basic stuff right. Um, you know, the audio. Um, yes, it was, especially now looking back at those first shows, the, the camera work is crap. Um, you know, sometimes it's just like one shot of the ring and that's all you're going to get. And maybe another shot of the aisle, maybe. Um, but, Overall, as far as the, you know, the matches themselves, they were, I think they were, it was booked well. You had wrestlers in there that knew what they were doing, that could entertain a crowd. A lot of those wrestlers, you know, if you blink twice and they, you know, some heck of were on the NXT or are going to be on NXT or, you know, it would, they wouldn't seem out of place like what? What's going on here? They obviously picked up the phone because somebody didn't make the show. Uh, you know, um, it, you know, so on that aspect of things, I think they've got a lot going for them. Um, you know, uh, but I do agree that it's going to be a month of Sundays before somebody, whoever that somebody is, um, you know, that perfect mixture of talent and production uh, you know, I don't think that WWE has anything to worry about in the near future. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But at the same time, a lot of these companies are not trying to compete with WWE. They're just right. uh, no. building their and own. And I don't think ECW, they were, just, they were the anti. Like, we're going to so not be that. We're going to be something totally, you know... Not, not PG, not PG-13, definitely are, uh, Definitely, thank goodness we edit our shows before <laughs> before they actually get put on TV. Um, and I don't think anybody, uh, unless they want to see a pile of money burn, uh, wants to, you know, be, you know, try to be, you know, WWE Redux. I don't think that's anybody's goal now. I think anybody who's going to be successful is going to carve out their own niche. And I think that's what's happening with, you know, you know, these $9 and 99 cent, you know, $10, uh, you know, pay-per-view matches. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it was definitely an enjoyable show. Um, uh, and, uh, might have to seek more out. Of. Mm -hmm. I did tell Drew Cordero of Beyond Wrestling that you should start a Patreon. <laughs> and uh I, I think this all calls for the fact that uh Fanny Pack Wrestling needs to just do its own uh wrestling promotion. I think that's just the plan. I'm not I'm not starting a Patreon, Petey. Because <laughs> I think at this point there's too many damn people running a Patreon. We're not doing a Patreon, mm -hmm. period. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was a, it was, it, we could talk about that for a long time about the, the production and we have done that. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. And it still hasn't promotion. gotten better. Exactly. Uh, at least not on, on the whole. Uh, but yeah, DJ, what was your, uh, takeaway, uh, after this match? What was your thoughts on Shine 23? Well, I, I pretty much, thought? I pretty much said what, what I thought overall. It was a very well booked show. Shine seems to have an idea that makes them a little different from other indie promotions instead of just having very light storyline based moments. They, they threw in a good number more of storyline, storyline to go from one show to the next, which is good. That's needed. Uh, indie wrestling companies do do that, but not to this extent. And I thought that was a good thing. You, you clearly knew who the heels were, who the baby faces were, who the baby faces were and what was happening, what was going on. One person said the next. Yeah, you, you had real storylines, and it made you want to see what would happen on the next episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't much care for the commentators, and and as much as I hate beating a dead horse and repeating myself, the way commentators often don't get the references that Leva Bates is making with her her costumes and and the places where she's announced from, the way a lot of indie wrestling commentators don't get those references. Pretty disappointing. They need to they need mm-hmm. to up their game on that one. Mm-hmm. Also, uh. Shine was a little less PG than I'm used to, so that kind of caught me off guard. So if you have kind of adjusted your tastes in wrestling to be a little bit more on the family friendly PG side, just I would say that it it's a little closer to PG thirteen. So just be aware of that. And overall, it was pretty enjoyable. It's a, it's a very good storyline-based wrestling company that will, that is one that you might want to stay tuned for. And almost no blatant sexism. Yeah. Women's wrestling without blatant sexism is kind of like, I, I, it's sad that we have to maybe mention that, but like, these were these were women who were athletes and wrestlers, and that's all they were. Some of them happened yes. to be attractive, but that was not what they were sold on. They were sold on being wrestlers, and that was cool. Or their person personas, or attitudes, or motivations, or the stories. Yeah, that, you know, they were motiv- sold as, as characters. Yes, uh, Agreed. as a whole, rather than one dimensional. <laughs> and of course, La Rosa Negra was who she was, but <laughs> even she. It was part of her persona, but that was, that was a complete character. It was a complete character that was fleshed out. It wasn't just one thing about her. She um, didn't walk yeah. out in body paint. Yeah. And only body no. paint. Like, it was none of that nonsense. Like, she came out and she wrestled a damn match. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think overall we can say that we were, uh, pretty, pretty fond of Shine Wrestling. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku about Shine Wrestling? <laughs> oh, wait. That's the other show we that's do. That's the other show. Uh, Crossover. Speaking of haikus, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make you go through the Rolodex again, PD. <laughs> no, we, we're gonna work on on, on expanding our, our guest list. Uh, but Patrick, let's talk about uh, what what what, what do you got going on? Cast on come back. <laughs> God no. Uh, but what, what Patrick? What do you got going on on the internet these days? Uh- so, so I, I do a, a music show where we, where we do, uh, among other things, uh, haiku reviews of albums. It's called Record Breakers. I do it with that, uh, that Petey fellow who hosts this show. Um, 
uh, recordbreakerspodcast.com at, uh, for the number four record breakers on Twitter. I'm at the swagger on Twitter. Go listen to our show while I listen to our, uh, listen, play, play the home game. I recommend the home game. Listen to an album you've maybe never listened to and then hear a bunch of, bunch of music nerds argue about it and, Yes. <laughs> it's it's actually uh, I think it's actually become an okay show. I I hear I hear it was nominated for an award recently. Uh supposedly. <laughs> I I don't know whether we won or not because that's how out of the loop I've been the last week. Uh, There's we an did. award ceremony for this stuff. Is the 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 we 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 lost to we lost to the obvious winners uh in that award show. Uh, there was an award in, show. With the thing and the, and the people has has left one side of the internet and moved back to another. Yeah. Speaking of that, you want to check out the A3K network over at anime3000.com, you can. I will be the new host of the weekly A3K podcast in the not-too-distant future, along with the now-officially-returning Nanashi Anime Podcast on the A3K network. Soon coming, Anime League Sports Talking Show Hyperforce Team Go!, Myself and Ash Snowshoe will be covering the International Anime League. Of course, as always, back at the mothership, if you will, DeltaJulietMike.com, shooting the shit with two nerdy black guys, myself and one of PD's other hosts, hashtag Rolex, Brandon Cooper, <laughs> King Kaz. We yes. lather on about stuff. And yes. as always, on the tweeter's water at whatever. My mic's falling. I, I'm yes. ready. My mic's falling. <laughs> uh, Natalie, before you, you are at Stormy Sooner, right? Uh, yeah, what, at do you got Stormy anything Sooner. else you got to plug? Yeah. I, you know, I'll plug, uh, Cauliflower Alley Club.org. Uh, the reunion is coming up. Uh, I just got an email. They are inducting, uh, they're going to give the Luthes Lifetime Achievement Award to, uh, Jerry Briscoe. Ah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, Do they have another future legend? <laughs> I haven't seen that come across. They may have already announced that, though. Uh, they are going to give uh, good old uh, Sin Bodhi, a.k.a. Kazarni, uh, an award as well. Um, and the first tag team is going to be given an award, uh, Demolition, So, which speaks to my 80s childhood. Um, but yeah, check them out if you're into the um, history of pro wrestling. Um, they also um, do a really good job as far as, uh, you know, when they do have their Hall of Fame, there's a bologna buffet slash dinner, um, which is just a really fun time to actually interact it's also with headed, one. It's also headed by, in my opinion, the most underrated greatest wrestler of all time, Mr. Nick Bockwinkle. Uh, yes. Nick With Bockwinkle. one of the best names of all time in all he, of he is, wrestling. He is history. truly an all-time great and criminally underappreciated in, in the right. wrestling world mm-hmm. today. Agreed. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so check them uh, out. Yes, check them out. Stormy Sooner, The Swagger, Just Call Me DJM. I'm Petey Rave. Check us out, fannypackwrestling.com. You can catch us every other Saturday, every other Sunday, I'm going to say, every other Sunday, uh, at hopefully diamondclub.tv or at the very least on fannypackwrestling.com. Uh, uh, you can check uh, us out every other Monday with the fully kind of put together blog post, uh, on the YouTube, youtube.com slash rebellion TV. 
Uh, we're here every other week. Uh, we might, uh, actually start doing some, like, guidance in between the regular episodes. So, like, we'll see. Check out Fanny Pack WP if you really want to be updated. We'll put up the information up there. Uh, yeah, that's it. iTunes, Pocket Cast, we're on there too. At last I checked. Uh, we're, we're all over the place. Check us out. Share, subscribe, like. Uh, that's it. Until next time. Uh, of course, like I said, Sunday nights is Chinese food night. Petey, I have. <laughs> Take it home, Petey. Your fortune cookie for this episode. People rely on your dependability. In bed. Exactly. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Toodaloo?